welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. Daniel chapter 1 is where we are, and we want to answer some questions that are about identity. Who you are, who do you want to be, and what do other people think of you? Tim Keller says that our identity is how we understand ourselves, our capabilities, and our worth. And so we want to ask those questions. How do you understand yourself? He goes on to say that our identity is the undergirding center of our lives. So what undergirds the center of your life? How do you see yourself? How do you understand yourself, your capabilities, and your worth? We know this, this generation knows this, that you are having to navigate questions of identity in ways that the previous generation never dreamed of having to navigate. Not only in certain areas of culture you can see this, uh, but you can see this on your phones as well. There are AI filters uh, that can get you to look exactly how you want yourself to look. You can have AI filters on your phone to post and curate the post on social media that will get people thinking that you are the person that you want them to think that you are without actually having to be that person. You deal with questions of identity and you deal with ways to curate that identity uh, that previous generations never dreamed of having to walk through. But here's the thing is that I guarantee you that there are boomers and others in the room that still struggle with that. This is not just a message for people walking into different stages of life or of this generation. Other people in older generations, my generation and above, still have those questions that what do people think of us? What undergirds my life? How do I understand my capabilities and my worth? And we start to ask the question at this stage of the life, not leaving that behind, but dealing with it in other ways, what sort of identity will I leave? And so here's the truth. Until you settle that question of who you are, you will never really grow out of this struggle. Each generation has its own struggles that are unique to those generations, but each person in each generation must come to the point in their lives where they deal with that inescapable question. Who or what will you serve? How will you steward your life? How will you understand your life. At the end of the day, what's the one thing by which you see everything else? What is the undergirding center of your life? What is that one thing that you say, whatever it is, what's that one thing that says you will go out at all cost in order to get that thing? What are you resolved to pursue with your life? This is a question that you're starting to have to answer, and this is a question that people for generations and generations will continue have to have to answer. And we're going to see an answer for that in the book of Daniel. So if you haven't already turned there, Daniel chapter 1 is where we are. You may be familiar with some of the stories and some of the images that we find in Daniel. There are some wild things in Daniel. It's some heroic stories. There's even some apocalyptic visions of kingdoms rising and falling. It's where we get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. It's where we find Daniel in the lion's den, among other things. And at the beginning of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, we're introduced to four young adults. And you may know them. Uh, They were well off. I just mentioned their names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and Daniel. 
And we read here that they had no physical defects. They were good looking. They were smart. They were wise. They were capable. And they had all the things that an AI filter or an AI generator would put forward as the ideal human beings with much achievement. Except they weren't home anymore. They were in Babylon. They hadn't gone off to college. They hadn't gone out of the house, but they had been shipped off to Babylon. And these four young men in Babylon, we will see that the undergirding of their lives is challenged. How will they stand? First, let's say a few words about Babylon. Babylon gives us, we read this in the scripture, that, that they are in Babylon at this point in the pit, place of Shinar. That, that Babylon gives us a picture of the world. So that's the first thing I want you to know. That Babylon gives us a picture of the world. How, how did they get there? God sent judgment upon his people because they continued to rebel against them. And he warned them for generations that I'm going to send someone who will overtake you. I'm going to send someone to overthrow you and you will be brought into exile into a foreign land that is not your home. That came to pass, and now they are in Babylon. They're outside of Jerusalem. They are in a place that is not their home, surrounded by people that aren't like them, surrounded by people that believe differently than them. Babylon is even used in Revelation to represent the kingdoms of the world. It's the celebration of power and pleasure. Babylon, we read in the book of Revelation, is seductive and will suck the life out of you. And so these four young men find themselves in Babylon. And let's say a few things about Babylon. We, we know it's a place of seduction, a place of power and, and pleasure. It's, it's a way to describe the kingdoms of the world. And so I want to tell you a few things about the world as it relates to identity. Here's one thing I want you to know. And, and this matters for young people all the way to older people. The world will use you for its own gain. The world will use you for its own gain. That's what's going on here, that the reason these men are in Babylon, because they are the best and they are the finest. We see that even the Babylonians brought the best things out of the house of God. Do you read it there? They besieged Jerusalem. Verse 2, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the vessels of the house of God. So he was saying something that we are, we, we believe true truth. That what you believe is wrong. We are believe, bringing your things that you worship with into our place, into the land of Shinar. We are more powerful than the God that you worship. They brought it, it says, to the house of his God and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. And then it goes on in verse 3 to say that they brought the finest, both of the royal family and of nobility, use without blemish of good appearance. This is verse 4. And skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, luring, competent to stand in the king's palace in order to teach them. They weren't bringing them to Babylon in order to take care of them. They knew that they could use these young men for their own purposes. They were exercising control and dominance and using their finest people for their own purposes. Jared Wilson says that the world wants to beat us into submission, to give us a false identity and make us forget who God 
created us to be. And so the world will use you for its own gain. Another thing about Babylon, another thing about the world, is the world will use you, excuse me, the world will try to give you an identity. Not only will the world use you, but the world will try to give you an identity. Notice how he does this in these young men's lives. First, we've already said that these teenagers, these young men were, were isolated in a foreign land. They were trying to break them down by, by isolating them and carrying them away from their people, carrying them away from their roots. And not only did they isolate them, this world tried to give them an identity by isolating them, but we also see by indoctrinating them. Look at verse 5, the, excuse me, in the end of verse 4, all knowledge, learning, and understanding, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. He said, wait, you're saying education is bad? Not at all. Go off to school and learn, 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 learn. Be the best, be the brightest. Learn, learn, learn. Learn about culture. Learn about the way people think. But we're going to see in a moment that their motives were not just education. They were seeking to indoctrinate them, even in the way that they assimilated them into the culture. These men were taught a new language, new culture. That's fine. But their hope was to assimilate them to fit in even by the way that they ate. They wanted them not only to be educated, but to look like a Babylonian in every way possible. And I believe this begins to show itself when we get to verse 7. We read that among these, this is where we're introduced to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. Look at verse 7. So they're isolated in this foreign land. They're, they're learning. That's not necessarily a bad thing. They're being assimilated. At, at, okay, we're starting to see something here. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel, he called Belshazzar. Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Mishael, he called Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. Here's what's going on here. That God is now, I mean, the people of Babylon are now renaming these folks. Daniel, whose name means God is my judge, his name has been changed to Bel, their God, protect him. Hananiah, which means God has been gracious, his name is changed to something that means the command of Aku. Mishael, whose name means who is what God is, now means who is what Aku is. Azariah, whose name once meant the Lord has helped, now his name means the servant of Nebo. Here's what's going on. They're being pressured and they're facing an identity crisis. And so they have the question of where will they draw the line? They are being conformed and they are giving the pressure to conform. Will we be transformed by the renewing of our minds, or will we be transformed by culture? And by the way, this pressure doesn't go away. There are young people and old people alike who are still feeling the pressure of being conformed to this age. Young people, your mom and dad will tell you the same thing. There's still pressure on this life to be renamed, to be renamed in someone else's image other than the name that God has given you. And so I say all this to say is the problem is not education. The problem is not food. The, the, the problem is not being in another land. 
but it's what the Babylonians are trying to do to these four men. Will they be resolved? Verse 8. But Daniel resolved. He draws the line that he would not defile himself. Yes, you can change my name, best of education, but he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that he drank. And therefore, he asked the chief of eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Now, this is not saying don't indulge yourself on the meal plan at your university, <laughs> though the freshman 15 is a real thing. This is not what he's saying here. It's, yeah, maybe it's a matter of food. This is not a, a message to eat your vegetables because we go on to read that they had a diet of vegetables and they looked better in, in the days and the weeks to come that they took this pledge, that they drew the line in the sand to not eat of the king's table. That's the place they drew the line. Why there? Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the kosher thing. Um, it's, it's not a thing to eat your vegetables or not eat too much. I, I think what's going on here is because here's where we see the comforts of Babylon. And usually when we meet the comforts of Babylon, that's the place that we start to see compromise. When we start to say that this world that's not my home is now a place of comfort, that if I can fit in and look the same and and not make too much of a to-do and I can kind of just, just eat what they eat and be who they are, it's the place of pleasure, is the place of compromise. And so Daniel draws the line and says, he will not compromise. And, and, and here's something that I want you to see. We're going to say a, see a few truths about our identity here. And we saw some truths about Babylon and kind of how all this was playing out in, in their lives. Uh, here's some things that, that I want you to understand. Is we know as we read through Daniel's the, the things that they face. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't bow down to this God, you will be thrown into the fiery furnace. They resolved... Before that day, where they would draw the line. They chose this day whom they will serve because they don't know what the other days hold. But because they drew the line this day, they were able to face uncertain days and not compromise in those days because they had already resolved that they would not defile themselves. Choose this day whom you will serve. So the line is drawn. Here's some things that I want you to know about identity. Number one, our identity is not based on current circumstances. So all that we see in Daniel chapter one, our identity is not based on current circumstances. They are in a different place. They are among different people, but no matter who are worshiping different gods, They were isolated, indoctrinated, assimilated, and despite all of these changes of circumstance, they remained true to who they were. Here's the truth. No matter where the Lord takes you, remain true to who He has made you to be. Circumstances don't change who you are. 
God has them in, a place, in that place for a reason. Daniel would rise up and he would uh, be someone who was well-respected in the king's court. God would do wonderful things in Dan- through Daniel in Babylon. Absolutely. They weren't hermits or monks who withdrew from society. They would make an absolute difference in society. They would be educated in the king's ways. They would be educated and know the Chaldeans and the language and what they believed in their literature. They would know all that. They would receive a wonderful education. And God used them greatly, but their identity would not change. God has them there for a reason. And so for all of us, if we know our identity is not based on current circumstances, we must trust in God's plan where He has us. We must trust in God's plan for our lives, even when things are uncertain or difficult. We must refuse to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's statue, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do knowing that their God would protect them. Likewise, we must have faith that God is in control and will guide us through the challenges that we face. We see that they refused to compromise, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief eunuchs. In verse 17, it says, For these four youths, God gave them learning and skill and all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding and all visions and in dreams, God used them greatly. They trusted that the Lord had them there for a reason, and they trusted their God that even if they were called to compromise, they would not compromise their identity based on current circumstances. Another thing we see about identity, not only would they not compromise based on current circumstances, here's another thing I want you to know about identity. Our identity is not based on personal achievements. Our identity at the end of the day is not based on personal achievements. There are folks in this room who are very well decorated, whether in business or school or college or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, we must understand that our identity is not based on personal achievements and and understand how difficult that would have been for Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and Daniel. The very reason that they were brought to Babylon in this first wave was to serve the king's court. They were, verse 4, they were youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace. And so wherever you are on that spectrum, if you're highly achieved, that's your, not your identity. If you haven't achieved so much by worldly standards, that's not your identity, And I think this is sometimes hard for us to tease out in our lives. We understand that being in difficult circumstances or different places, different cultures is is hard to, to navigate. But when you're the best of the best, smart, young, good looking, it may appear harmless, but these young men could have found their identity and their achievements and say, yes, I will go the way of Babylon. They had an opportunity of a lifetime. They could have squandered it away and, and just assimilated themselves into the ways of the world, but they refused. They drew the line and said that we will not sacrifice our identity and we will not base our identity on personal achievements. And because they did that, they were able to face what they faced in Babylon. Even the youthful, the good-looking, the skillful in wisdom and knowledge and learning they were willing to lay that down 
to follow their God, no matter where they were. Their identity was not based on their current circumstances. Their identity was not based on personal achievements. And their identity was not contingent upon the approval of others. They, they knew they would face difficult days, not only here, but in the days to come. In the lion's den, in the fiery furnace, they knew that ultimately they would not meet the approval of the people of Babylon, but their identity was not contingent upon the approval of others. Daniel did not privatize his faith. Neither did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They lived their faith out loud. And the people in Babylon knew where they stood and what they thought and what they believed. Their identity was not contingent upon the approval of others. Daniel chose to obey God's word even if it meant going against the expectations and demands of the Babylonian authorities. Even today, young and old alike, we face this, don't we? That if we just compromise, we will have the approval of peers, of whatever it might be. But our identity is not contingent upon the approval of others. Let me say it in a positive way. Our true identity is found in Christ, in His work, in His love alone. Our true identity is found in the work of Christ on the cross. Our true identity is found in the fact that the God of the universe made you, and the one who made you has the right to name you. The one who made you in his image, who knows you the best, he loves you the most. Let the one who made you name you. The one who knows you to the depths is the one that loves you to the heights. He knows your deepest struggles. He knows your deepest sin. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And for all of those who are in Christ, the Bible says you are a child of God. You are a royal priest. Uh, You're you're part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a kingdom, a a kingdom of of believers, people who are, 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 are going to receive his inheritance, something that is unchanging, something that cannot be taken away from you, something that can undergird you, that will last when everything else crumbles down. What is your identity based on? Everything else will crumble in the end. What will undergird it? The only kingdom that will be standing in the end, Daniel goes on to tell us, is God's kingdom, the rock the unfailing kingdom. And he gives you a name as a child of God. He knows you to the depths. and He loves you to the heights. We can spend our lives trying to make a name for ourselves, or we can live in the goodness and the grace of the name that he has given us, a child of God. They resolved and God gave them favor and learning and showed them grace and provided every need that they had. And so here's the question. Are you resolved this day to live for Christ even when no one one else does? The truth is that the cultural winds are no longer at our backs, but the cultural winds are now blowing in our faces. It's like trying to ride a bike against a stiff wind on the lakefront. You It really will suck the life out of you, and it's difficult unless you are resolved to live for Christ, even when it's difficult. The winds of the culture are no longer at our backs, but in our faces. 
If you just change your direction, you can go downwind or you can be resolved to live by the power and grace of God even when no one else does. Are you resolved this day to live for Christ? Because today's commitments will prepare you for tomorrow's crisis. They resolve that day and they face the furnace and the lion's den, difficult though it was, because they chose that day whom they would serve. And so my question for all of us this morning is choose this day whom you will serve. Are you serving yourself? Are you serving the city of Babylon? Are you serving the king and his kingdom who has no end? Choose this day whom you will serve. Let's pray.